What's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a great day. Thank you so, so much for all the love, all the support on the Jam Session podcast. Thank you for all the support on the, uh, not really a relaunch, but the rebirth of the Livecast podcast. Uh, We decided that we were getting so many requests for just straight interviews that we wanted to continue doing the Livecast podcast And we would just keep it branded as that instead of trying to figure out the best way to merge that in with the Jam Session podcast. Um, Because they are two different feels, we wanted to make sure that we kind of kept them separate, separate, but the same. So that's why we're doing it. You're going to see a lot more live cast podcasts coming your way. It's absolutely blast. We are going to be doing them daily for the foreseeable future. We've got so many musicians that are interested. That's enough about that. Let's talk about the Jam Session podcast because that is an amazing podcast. I am so glad everybody's been liking, sharing, leaving their feedback, and just all around listening to it. That podcast has been so much fun. This podcast has been so much fun, and I'm really thankful. We have another killer for you this week. We have Angel Edwards. We have Alicia Peru, plus so much more. I wasn't planning on this being such a long intro. I wanted to just kind of come in here and update you on everything that we're doing. But, you know, America, oh, well, we'll deal with it. Uh, So before before I lose you all to... Me being just a talking head. Let's get it with another live and amplified jam session podcast featuring Angel Edwards. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Yes, sir. So dancing with a beach bond tramp And she's probably getting frisky Right now, she's probably buying her some booty little drink Cause she can't shoot whiskey Right now, she's probably up behind her with a pool stick Showing her how to shoot a combo Oh, and he don't know I dug my key into the side of it up singing some white trash version of Shania karaoke right now i'll be saying i'm drunk and he's thinking that he's gonna get lucky right now he's probably dabbing on three dollars 
to another live and amplified jam session we are here live in the diamond sound studio in nashville tennessee and you just heard before he cheats by carrie underwood yes i got it right this time <laughs> awesome uh, and performed by angel edwards and why'd you choose that cover song to start honestly it's actually the very first country song that i ever sang it's really what got me interested in country music mm-hmm. um so i grew up really rooted in my hometown church mm-hmm. and so carrie underwood did a lot of crossovers with you know country and christian music and so that's where i kind of first got a taste of country music mm-hmm. and carrie and honestly, once I heard her sing, I knew that I wanted to be just like her. And I wanted to, she was a major influence for me growing up and even now my own music. And so I started with that. And it's the song that I close every show with for the last six years. So oh, wow. it's, it's my favorite. And uh, who introduced you to Carrie? Um, it was the radio mostly, and then um, once you kind of get into, oh, I kind of like, you know, what she did here with How Great Thou Art, um, with Vince Gill, um, then you kind of just get in this rabbit hole of, you know, Cowboy Casanova and, you know, all, all of the good stuff. So um, I kind of, it was more of a self-discovery, but it was, it's an awesome, awesome artist, Carrie Underwood. You're based here out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And you're from Toledo, correct? I am, yes. What brought you to Nashville from Toledo? So I grew up my entire life singing, and I knew that it was something that I really wanted to pursue. And so it was a time where I just graduated uh, college, and I had no job. I wasn't well. I had a job, but it wasn't something that I seriously loved to do. Um, I had no children. I wasn't married, and so my boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, he's also a musician. We're just kind of made a split decision to move. Mm-hmm. Um, in a matter of a month, we made the decision, and we just went for it with blind faith, and here we are today, about three years later. And well, that kind of answers the question, how long have you been in Nashville? <laughs> um, and now are you performing full-time, or is it, uh, you still got like a nine-to-five situation? Are you? Yep, currently, right now, it's full-time. Okay. Um, so I'm doing a lot of writing, um, I'm uh, doing a lot of shows, mm-hmm. and just, you know, getting getting ready for what's tw- happening in 2020. What's your creative process? When you sit down to like write a song, what's your creative process? Um, so 
Most of it is just talking things out loud. Um, so I really like it when I get the house to myself and I can just sit and just talk about what's on my mind, what happened yesterday, what maybe a friend is going through, what I what advice I'd like to give them, um, and just kind of talk things out. And eventually, it's kind of like making pasta. Mm -hmm. So you just you make it, and to know that it's a good a good, you throw it on the wall and it sticks. So mm -hmm. something will stick. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my creative process of just. Mm -hmm talking it out and just finding something that really just resonates. So you're going to play an original for us here in a second. Uh, what song are you going to play? Uh, this is actually going to be uh, our fir my very first single that came out, High on the Good Times. Okay. Um, it really was my first uh, single in Nashville, and it really was a chance for me to actually find my own voice as a writer. And uh, I hope you guys like it. It's all cats and dogs From the thunder on To the words born out of your lips Picture frames shaking From all the slamming doors Yeah, outside and inside It's all cats and dogs But this morning You kissed me Just before you left and I can't stop rewinding the feeling in my head I'm addicted, can't quit it No matter how hard I try When I come down, I'll regret it But tonight, I'm just high on the good times You always get me so bent out of shape Twisting and turning every little word I say Always hoping that today's gonna be a good day Oh, but you always get me so bent out of shape I'm addicted, can't quit it No matter how hard I try When I come down, I'll regret it But tonight and I'm gonna 
was high on the good times um we kind of talked about it before the show but uh that was your first single when you moved to nashville mm -hmm. yes um how is that or how is that song different from the stuff you were writing before you came to nashville um before i came to nashville i was writing what i thought people wanted to hear and i was really focused on just writing what i thought honestly would be on the radio or what a Kelsey Ballerini song would be or what even a Carrie Underwood song would be. And so I really wasn't being true to myself and uh, I really wasn't listening or developing that, that voice as a writer. And so when I came to Nashville, you learn very quickly. It's you kind of get thrown into the pond of the ocean of craziness. Yeah. And um, I really loved how, um, when I would look at writers' rounds or, or even see other fellow artist friends on stage singing their originals, um, I, I really loved how they were just true to themselves and they were unapologetically them. And they just said what they wanted to say in their music. And I was really inspired by that. So you learn a lot when you move to Nashville and you actually, you know, take, take what you like from this person and that person and that person and you just apply it to your own style. Are you uh, primarily just playing in Nashville right now or are you touring out, plans on touring? Out. For the winter, we're definitely uh, in Nashville uh, quite often, um, but usually in the summer, that's when, you know, outdoor festival season starts happening and all the, the fun summer events. So um, usually towards the spring and the summer, I'm going to be out on the road quite a bit. Uh, one thing that I saw when I sent you the nice little form, I uh, said you opened for Martina McBride. I did. How, how did that kind of come about and what was that experience like for you? It was an incredible experience. It was the first time that I was actually able to open up for a national actor, somebody incredible like Martina. And to make it even better, it was in my hometown, back home in Toledo, Ohio. They have uh, summer concerts, and this one was a country concert. And uh, my name was in a hat, thankfully, and uh, they called me, and here we are. So it was really incredible. I got to share one of the biggest moments in my life with all of my friends and family back home. How's that affected your career? Has it helped you gain more exposure? Like just, or have you, did she give you any advice that maybe helped? Yeah, um, so I actually wasn't able to meet her. Okay. Um, the way that our schedules were, they ran it really tight. So while I was um, out you know, talking with people at my table. Um, she was actually walking out to get on stage. Uh, so I didn't get to meet her, but I hear she's incredibly nice. So that that was awesome, just an honor to do it. As for that, it was, a, like I said, a really big event. Um, so there were people from all over that came to see Martina that got to see what I did. And luckily I was able to connect with a lot of people and it honestly helped in the sense of, doing it and uh, being able to experience something new and also helped really just connect with people from my home state and our surrounding states and you know just really build up that base. Do you um, do you get to go back and play at Toledo? I do. Um, now it takes it's quite a feat. It's mm. about an eight-hour drive, mm. and it's bringing like you guys mm. are used to it, bringing equipment and bringing um, your instruments and your people. So it's not. I would like to go back home often, um, but we try to do as much as we can. 
Um, so we're gonna have you play another original real quick. Um, what song are you gonna? What song do you have for us? Uh, this one is gonna be our second single. It's called T-shirt. Um, and this one is I love writing songs about the gray area of things. Like this is what happened. This is what's gonna happen. But that little area where you're trying to process everything and process your emotions or what you're gonna do next. I love writing songs about that. So this one's definitely about that. I'll leave the porch side another hour. Sometimes you get back late. Maybe now our house don't feel like a home. Might be better off sleeping alone. Maybe I should just say goodbye to us. But tonight I'll wear your cologne. I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt, babe. And I should hang it up and walk away. Cause you're not sleeping in the bed we made. I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt. I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt, You don't want it anymore Maybe I should just say goodbye to us Tonight I'll wear your cologne I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt, babe And I should hang it up and walk away So you're not sleeping in the bed we made I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt, babe should just say bye to us tonight I'll wear your cologne I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt babe and I should hang it up and walk away so you're not sleeping in the bed we made I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt babe I should hang it up and walk away t-shirt t-shirt I'm still sleeping in your t-shirt I'll leave the porch light on another hour Sometimes you get back late One thing we really like to do is try and help younger musicians Especially like people that are starting out Or maybe they're stuck not knowing what to do next um, So I kind of want to take this segment and kind of move that move towards that um what advice do you have for younger musicians just starting first is love it you gotta love it otherwise there are so many trials and um so many ups and downs in music whether regardless if you're starting or if you are in the big leagues like carrie underwood um so you really gotta love it um and also don't give up i mean there's so many times where you want to give up or you're told no or you feel like you can't do it or you can't hit that chord or you can't 
um, you can't strum and play at the same time, <laughs> like some people. <laughs> um, there's, you know, there's so many uh, obstacles that are going to be in your way. Um, but don't give up because when you're told no, that should just honestly fire you up and make you want to keep going. Um, so I know it's really corny to say that, but honestly, it's the biggest best of, excuse me, biggest best of advice that I could say is just don't give up and love what you do and you're never going to go wrong with it. What was the uh, best advice someone's ever given you? The best advice that someone gave me was honest, same advice. Mm -hmm. Especially when I moved here, there were a lot of people that were in my corner um, back home saying, you can do this. You're going to be famous. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Um, but actually, um, it was honestly my husband that gives me the best advice, even if I don't want to hear it. And he said, this is going to be hard. This is going to be the hardest thing we're ever going to do currently that we've ever done yet. But love it. Love what you do. Because the second you stop, it's not going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And keep going regardless. You're going to be told no so many times. You're going to feel like quitting so many times. But if you want this, you go for it. And honestly, I've never forgotten that. I know there's a lot of musicians that are looking to move to Nashville, and Nashville can be kind of intimidating because when you walk down the main strip there, there's just music pouring from everywhere, and it can be very intimidating. What advice would you have for people wanting to move to Nashville and just kind of overcoming that fear of... Mm -hmm. It was... Um, actually, I experienced it when I first moved here. I think everybody does, is you walk down Broadway and you hear music coming from every single corner, every single angle, there's music coming at you. The most incredible singers, the most incredible musicians. Um, and it's hard not to say, well, they're doing this or they're doing that or they do this better than me or they, you know, they do that better than me. And honestly, when you don't look at it that way and you realize, oh, that's what I like that they do, how can I apply it to myself? And mostly is stay true to yourself and um, say that, yeah, sh they can sing like this, but I can sing like that. Or they can play guitar like this, but I can write like that. You know, instead of feeling bad or feeling intimidated by what others can do better than you, focus on what your strengths are and hone in those strengths. And once you feel confident in yourself, you're going to be able to sit there and say, well, these are my friends and we're all awesome in different ways. As, as a recording artist that has recorded singles and albums, what other advice would you give to musicians getting ready to go into the studio for the first time? Um, being ready to go in the studio, especially if you haven't recorded before, um, it's a completely different animal than actually performing live or even, you know, singing in your room. Um, producers are going to ask you to sing the same line over and over and over again or play it over and over and over again. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad musician or a bad singer. What they're trying to do is get just um they're trying to get as much content as they can to make the best song as possible so stay patient it's um a three minute song on average but it takes months to actually get a good product in the end um so like the beginning advice stay at it don't get discouraged and just keep going so overall just stay at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that drives it right home. Um, so the next song we're going to 
uh, you're going to play is Thank God It Didn't Work Out. Yes. And that's actually the first song that you'd sent me when we'd first talk, started talking about doing a session. And I know I'd put it on our Spotify, but it was also on it was also on CMT, correct? Yes. Okay, uh-huh. There it goes. How did you get, get the attention of CMT? To- uh, CMT, actually, um, I, I connected with uh, this amazing, uh, her name is Leslie Fram. She's in CMT. And she's very committed to the growth of women and empowerment, especially in the industry. And so I uh, shot her an email, actually, for my first uh, uh um, music video for high on the good times. And, um, it, you know, she said, it sounds great. Keep giving me updates about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept her updated. And so I grew and I learned and I kind of ch- changed and grew in my voice as a writer. And so I sent her the music video for high, excuse me. Um, thank God it didn't work out. And, um, she said, you know, I really like it. I think we might be able to do something with it eventually. And, you know, I, I that's all I thought it was like, oh, it's really an honor to get an email back. It's an honor to even have her look at it. And then um, I just kind of thought that was it. And then a couple weeks later, it was on CMT.com. Um, and it was an incredible, probably one of the best moments for me this year. Um, and what what? It's the song about, like, what's the story behind it? Uh, so this one is about reflecting on that past relationship. I feel like everybody's had that relationship where you're in it, but when you finally step back from the relationship, you kind of realize all that probably wasn't okay. And um, just kind of taking a breather saying, thank God that didn't work out because if we were still in that relationship or still in that time of our life, we wouldn't be where we are today. I'll probably be waiting on you to get back home. Said eyes glued to my phone You would have been out too damn late With the same old friends that I hate I probably had to drive myself down there Cause you're too drunk You'll be begging me, baby Please just come and pick me up Cause you be too broke to call a cab You can beg Probably be
as we kind of start wrapping this up and coming towards the end of the session here, what's one thing that you really want people to know about you? What's about you and your music? Um, I try to be as relatable as possible. Um, I really just love the connection of just meeting people and connecting through music, whether it's a cover like Before He Cheats or if it's one of my originals. Um, so honestly, what you see is kind of what you get, um, except for a lot of the makeup, but I do like playing with makeup. <laughs> um, but really, um, I just really just love what I do and I really hope that it shows in things like this and on the stage and through my music. And how the, did the two of you come together to play? <laughs> the Reader's Digest version is, um, so he is uh, originally from Detroit, Michigan and I'm, like we said before, from Toledo, Ohio, so they're not far. Um, we have a mutual friend that was uh, playing a show back home over Christmas Turkey Day. Turkey Day. Turkey Day. One of those blur days. And um, actually, he had my uh, husband play bass for his band, and Matt was playing guitar. Um, there was two nights. The first night was actually uh, the night where um, I just watched and hung out and, you know, saw Matt and thought he was incredible. And as you can see. And then uh, the second night, actually, their drummer uh, had a conflict. And so the lead singer had to play drums and they asked me to fill in. And so that's actually our first show two days into meeting each other. So he's been stuck with me ever since. Two years. Yeah, two years now. <laughs> that's intimidating coming in to fill in for or as a lead singer for a full band. It was interesting, but we made it through unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you choose music? Honestly, nothing else felt right. Um, I was working actually in a dental office as a uh, insurance, kind of insurance benefit, kind of uh, administrative position. And I loved what I did because I loved that I was able to connect with people and talk to people every day and kind of get to know them. Um, you know, I, I majored in communications. I, I tried a lot of different things and I, I liked a lot of things, but honestly, when you were singing and you're making music, nothing felt better than that. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I was just going to do it. And here we are. So this final song you're going to play for us, it was featured on Spotify's Hot Country playlist. Mm -hmm. How did you get, or how did, was it the Spotify reached out to you or was, how did that kind of happen? How did, it, did you get the attention of Spotify? So actually um, it's, I came in, um, Haley Mae Campbell, it's uh, her song that she cut and uh, released on Spotify, but I wrote it with her. Um, she actually, we write together quite a bit and she's one of my very favorite people in Nashville. And um, she is a go-getter and she, you know, like we said before, sends emails and, you know, makes a point to network and talk to people. And so uh, she had this just amazing opportunity where she submitted it to Spotify and they chose it. Um, so it was on Wild Country, New to Nashville, Breakout Country. And then finally we had it for almost a month on the Spotify Hot Country playlist. And uh, it's been incredible. It's over 2 million streams with a vertical video on there. So it's an incredible success for the both of us. And I just love this song. And the way you're going to play is a little bit different than the way she would 
Yes. Uh huh. Yep. So she usually has a full band. This is going to be stripped down and a little more like how we wrote it originally. It's Friday night. I know you'll come around in those headlights to burn my front porch down. You'll say, hey, what's up? How was your week? And I laugh and I smile, but I'm just wondering. Still on your mind I'm not riding shotgun In your F-150 You still crack a smile You think of that time You drove me home Almost kissed me Don't tell me to go, only only to left Don't it feel just right? I don't care where we are I don't really care, just don't mix these signals Baby, give me green light Tell me to go, go, go We can drive all night Don't need to take it so or Give me side red Tell me it's in my head Show me every stop sign on this road Give me everything or nothing Thank you guys so much for giving us the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. Yes, thanks for having us. Yes, it's been a pleasure. It's been such a great experience to be here. Um, what's your What's your schedule looking like? What's your upcoming shows? Uh, where can people find you on social media and find tickets for those shows and all the merch and all that stuff? All that good stuff. <laughs> um, so I play quite a bit in Nashville. So if you follow me on my social media, um, I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. It's Angel Edwards Music. Um, if you follow me, you can see what I'm up to. Um, you'll see a lot of videos of my cat. She's pretty dope. Um, um, and that's where you can be able to find my shows. And uh, if you are at a show, we have um, merchandise there. So I'd love to meet every single one of you, either online or at shows, and hope to see you out soon. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right, guys. And that was Angel Edwards. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know I certainly did. First off, I want to thank Angel so much for coming out uh, while we were in Nashville recording this. 
Um, I want to thank Diamond Sound Studio for giving us the place to film it all. And I want to thank MXL Microphones, but we'll kind of get into the pay the bills here in a little bit. But, you know, with all all those people and all those companies and without all you guys, none of this would be possible. Um, And once again, just wanted to thank Angel Edwards for coming on out. I know she's a very talented musician, making a lot of waves out there in Nashville, and we cannot wait to see what happens next with her career. So, with that being said, excuse us while we pay some bills. First off, shout out to MXO Microphones. We are happily, happily supported by MXO Microphones. For over 30 years, MXL has been bringing quality audio solutions to the market for users at all levels. You can follow MXL on all major platforms at MXL Mics. MXL Mics is the mics exclusively used by Live and Amplified, and we would not be partnered with them if we didn't absolutely love this product. And so we hope you guys will check them out. If you guys want to see some of their new sweet gear that they had just announced at NAMM, uh, check out MXOMics.com. If you'd like to support Live and Amplified and the Live and Amplified Jam Session podcast, we accept direct Cash App donations at Live and Amplified. Search for us on the Cash App at Live and Amplified. Any donations of $10 or more will get a special heavy metal shout out. And lastly, make sure you follow us on all of our social media at Live and Amplified. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, anywhere and everywhere live and amplified make sure you follow us share us with your friends thank you all for sticking around we really appreciate it i know i keep saying this and i'm going to beat it into the ground until you guys really understand but this podcast would not be possible without y'all and we really appreciate it It doesn't go unnoticed and just please keep on sharing please keep on listening tell your friends tell your family tell your musician friends you know tell anyone and everyone and we really appreciate it that means it's time for our next segment. This has come, this has become kind of a uh, fan favorite, if you will, a mus- musician favorite, if you will. It is time for this week's fan feedback artist of the week. Uh, just a little uh, caveat, if you will. Um, originally, it was supposed to be a band by the name of Red Eye Ruby, uh, but the show that we were supposed to help. That, or we, the show that they were supposed to play ended up getting canceled due to technical issues. And so we pushed them down a couple of weeks. So I just kind of want to preface that. And so at the last minute, I reached out to another musician that we've been wanting to work with, Alicia Peru. Uh, she steps in, gives us a really nice interview. We were able to get some clips of fan feedback. So we'll, And I really hope you guys will like it. So here she is, Alicia Peru. Well, the first time I saw Alicia perform was several years ago at a friend's coffee shop. I loved her music and really enjoyed the show, especially her voice. It's so powerful and she really let it loose. Needless to say, I've been a fan ever since. And this is the best thing about Alicia as an artist, just how much she loves making and performing music and all the fun she has doing it. I've seen her before before crowds and sometimes just a handful of people. Either way, she always gives it her all and has a great time. 
I've been able to see her sing in jazz groups and I've seen her sing in churches. I've seen her sing in rock bands. I've seen her sing solo. I've seen her sing her own work. I've seen her sing other people's work. I've seen her collaborate. Um, I've seen her songwrite. I've seen her mentor others. Um, she is one of the most talented, genuine, and um, I don't know, just generous people that I've had a chance to work with in my 20-year career in music education. Alicia Pru is one of the best musicians I've ever met. From her solo work, to her band, the Alicia Pru Band's work, to her Lux work with the band Lux, she's one of the most talented and hardest working musicians I've ever met. so much for giving me the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. I know it's been a, we've been kind of going back and forth for a while, trying to get something set up. And then I finally got myself into the 21st century and was like, Hey, let's start doing <laughs> Skype interviews, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Great idea. So sitting here with Alicia Peru, you're from Boise, Boise, correct? I'm actually originally from Tucson, Arizona, okay. but I'm currently located in the Treasure Valley area of okay. Idaho. Right. Um, and what, how did you go, or what brought you to Idaho? How did you kind of move out there? Yeah, so um, actually half of my family lives up here, um, and I had always just kind of wanted to get out of the desert for a while and go on my own little adventure, and I also decided that I wanted to go to college. So I figured a great time to get away from home would just to um, be to go to college out of state. So that's oh. how I ended up up here. Oh, wow. Um, and then what kind of got you into music? Yeah, so I, I've been playing music for really as long as I can remember. I used to have one of those little rainbow xylophones. Mm -hmm. I was a little baby and I used to play that. I also had a little rainbow piano and I would 
learn all the different songs in those little books that came with them. Mm-hmm. And um, it started, it really started though when my mother actually purchased a piano and I was four years old and I just walked over to it. I was just as tall as the keys were. My head came up to where oh. the keys were at, but I started playing My Heart Will Go On from the Titanic oh. by ear. And so at that point, my mom said, hey, do you want to take piano lessons? And I said, sure. And so I learned how to read music before words. And so that's really an interesting fact about me because music is literally my native language. And so I think to this day, that's kind of why I'm able to communicate so well through music. You know, I'd be playing music as a little toddler. My legs would be dangling when I was just sitting on the piano bench and my mom would have to tell me what the name of the song was because <laughs> I could read the, the music, but I couldn't read the words. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's and a... then, good. Yeah. And then, and then from there, um, I actually got into singing by singing opera when I was about eight years old. I'm not really sure why opera is what I initially went towards. I think some of it has to do with the phantom of the opera. I had heard the music from that play and from that movie and I think that kind of drew me in and so I started singing opera in some competitions in Tucson um, I ended up winning audience favorite in something called Tucson Idol <laughs> when I was eight or nine years old and then from there I just kind of started to expand my genres I started to write music when I was 14 um, I just kind of grew from there nice. and I, I was kind of looking through your Facebook and your uh, website before you jumped on here and you know what's what's the um, big noise it said that you're a big noise now alumni I wasn't quite sure what that was I what, what was yeah so that's a management company okay um, I know they've managed Christina Aguilera Red Hot Chili Peppers there's some other okay. kind of well-known names in there um, so that's just someone that I worked with for a while when I was younger Okay, and then you, it also said that you're. Uh, were you nominated for a Grammy, or am I just because yeah, it's you're a two-time official Grammy? So I was artist. on the official Grammy ballot. Oh, okay, twice. okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you and, were like a voting mm-hmm. member of the. No, uh, two or, of my songs actually made it onto the official Grammy ballot. Oh, um, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Gotcha. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to learn a lot of the uh, ins and outs of the industry. And <laughs> gotcha. No, you're, you're totally fine. And those are songs that I wrote back when I was 14 and 15, actually. Okay. Um, I both wrote and produced those. So that was definitely a cool thing to um, nice. just even get to be on that ballot, honestly. <laughs> awesome. And uh, how did that really help your music career? Like, I mean, obviously it, it had to have give it a give it a nice little boost but how did that set you up for where you are now um i think honestly for independent musicians a lot of it is just kind of building our resume per se um i think it helps give a lot of credibility especially when we apply for bigger festivals and things like that to be able to um you know say that that that's something that we have received um and then in general i think it's just kind of a good confidence boost just to know that my songs do have that kind of radio potential to them. Mm -hmm. And then you'd kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. Um, 
that you do your you have your own solo project but you also uh work with the band um okay. so how, how do you how are you able to balance both because I, I know there's a lot of musicians that they have like the solo project and then the they have like a band that they play with how how, mm-hmm. how do you find time to balance both of them because you seem pretty active as both of mm-hmm. them yeah um well it's actually something i kind of had to figure out how to do for a long time i thought that i kind of just had to pick one path and stick with it mm-hmm. if that makes sense so yep. i i feel like i could either be a solo artist or i could be a band but in that i couldn't really pursue both at the same time and i was kind of torn in some ways um, because i do love doing my solo stuff it allows me a type of freedom that you just don't have with a band to really express yourself however you feel necessary at mm-hmm. whatever point in time you're at but at the same time uh, deep down, I'm really kind of a rocker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite shows are definitely rock oriented. That's what I listen to is rock, you know, 95% of the time. And so I was really torn. I didn't know kind of which one to choose. Um, but I have a very wise, um, counselor. He's actually a professor at my university mm-hmm. who told me, he said, you know, you know, for a lot of musicians, the way that they're able to make a living doing that is by keeping a very broad horizon. You know, he mm-hmm. said, you'll have musicians who, you know, they're in a solo project, they're in a jazz band, they're in a rock band, they do studio work, they write songs for people. You know, he said, that's kind of how you can make that income work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that really opened my eyes. And I realized that I did have the ability to do both. And I'm really, really glad that I'm doing both right now because again, it gives me a very broad genre spectrum. You know, I can Mm -hmm. go and rock out, you know, hardcore one night and the next night I can just kind of lock myself in a practice room for a while, just my piano and I and kind of let my emotions out. Um, So I think it's, it's not super difficult to, to balance those two if they're both something that a musician really enjoys doing. Um, I think for me, the season that I just got done going through was learning how to balance work, meaning my music, Mm -hmm. um, with my relationships and my family life. Um, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, um, we're very passionate about what we do, right? You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be, you know, doing this type of career that brings in so little income sometimes, as you know, if it weren't something that we were truly passionate about in our hearts. And so I went through a season, um, it was probably near the end of last year, where I was kind of starting to fall into a bit of a workaholic mode. Mm-hmm. My planners would be completely just chock full of, you know, all these different daily tasks to complete. Yep. And I would just get in this work mode And it was very, very difficult to pull myself out of it. You know, I'd go to spend time with someone after I had been working on a project and it would take me sometimes an hour or two just to mentally and emotionally switch over from this high adrenaline music mode to the mode of, hey, you know, I want to like enjoy spending time with this person. And I realized that, you know, we can never place music or what we do above family or above Mm. relationships. And so I've kind of, I've finally kind of found that balance um, of just what's 
what's really important and the fact that you know the the people the people that are in the music the people that are around the music the people that are in the scene the people that we meet on tour and it shows like you know that is more important than the music itself yep yep i I, i'm unfortunately in one of those workaholic phases of my life right now i'm i've completely neglected the relationship and it, it like the relationship aspect of my life and I need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate, and I think that's one thing that a lot of, in, especially independent musicians um, and I was, or that a lot of independent musicians kind of don't pay attention to is their personal relationships. And then I think that's why you see a lot mm-hmm. of the, uh, well, I don't. I didn't really want to go this dark, but uh, like that's why I think that's why you see a lot of like the drug issues and the mental health issues mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they go into this state of work, 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 and then they turn around because they have a bad day and they need to talk to somebody, and there's mm-hmm. nobody there because you completely neglected the relationships or the personal mm-hmm. relationships you've used to have. So that mm-hmm. that was a very. Uh, that's a very good point that you brought up about making sure you have nice balance between your personal relationships and your music or your career or your job or whatever you're pursuing. For sure. For sure. Um, um, so I, um, so to kind of try and bring it right back up and not stay in a dark area for too long. Um, <laughs> What you you mentioned that you're a rocker at heart. You love rock music. Uh, who are some of your musical influences? Uh, yeah, I get this question a lot, and I always struggle okay. to answer it. I'm someone who listens to maybe like two or three songs from each artist, if that makes sense. Yep. And so some of my influences they're kind of just across the board. Um, like the Beatles is one. Um, Alanis Morissette, Snow Patrol, Alice in Chains. Those are kind of the, oh, Tool. Um, Definitely in terms of my band, Tool is a big one for us. Tool, Muse, Evanescence, and Flyleaf are kind of the big four for our band. Um, So yeah, it's kind of a wide, wide range there. I think one thing I've always kind of avoided doing as an artist, though, is comparing myself to other artists. Um, I think nowadays sometimes it's it's easy to turn on the radio and sometimes not even be able to tell who it is that's playing just because mm-hmm. some people sound so similar. And so I kind of just like to stick with the fact that, you know, I'm just Alicia. <laughs> Understood. Um, as far like creatively speaking, um, what what's when you're sitting down to write a song uh, what's your creative process like? Do you uh, like to write the lyrics first? Do you have a melody? Do you have a like a little riff or like what's mm-hmm. your creative process kind of like when it comes to writing music? Yeah, so I definitely have several. Um, I play by ear for the most part. I, I can read piano music, um, but usually it just kind of flows out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
My first album that was written in when I was 14 and 15 was written in a very interesting way that I've never really used um, since then. And so for that album, I would literally kind of create scenarios or Mm -hmm. characters or situations in my mind and place myself into that role and then write from that perspective. And that's why even as a 14-year-old, I was able to write these really deep songs about heartbreak or um, emotional trauma or things like that, even though it's something that I had not yet gone through. So that's how the first album was written. Um, But generally, the lyrics, um, the melody, and the piano part will all come to me at the same time. I'll just kind of sit down at a piano, and it'll all come out at once. Um, One thing that I've found particularly important in terms of my own writing style is to not put any kind of filter Mm -hmm. on what I say in terms of lyrics. Um, sometimes lyrics will flow out of my mouth and I'm not really sure maybe even what they mean or why I'm saying them but later on I'll come to almost have a deeper understanding of my own lyrics or find that those lyrics have touched or helped someone in some particular way Mm -hmm. and so I try not to kind of over edit what I write if that makes sense I just kind of write um, what flows from me um I've also had experiences where I can hear the whole song in my head before I write it particularly sometimes I will wake up really early in the morning or in the middle of the night and I will almost have dreamed dreamt (laughs) the Mm -hmm. song if that makes sense and I'll have to get up and then record it on my phone really quick before the melody leaves me um and then it's just a matter of taking what I hear in my head and putting it onto paper, onto the keys per yep. se. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, those are just a, a few of my processes there. Nice. I've, I've always been a huge admirer of people that can, uh, that are uh, played to hear, like they're trained to hear the notes and not necessarily mm-hmm. read the notes. I'm, here like right now i'm currently based out of central texas and there's a lot of the what is it called the red dirt country artists that that's how they were trained they weren't classically Mm -hmm. trained with the music Mm -hmm. but sitting there listening to their dad or their grandfather play the guitar and it's like okay this is a you know this is this chord or this is that chord and just really Mm -hmm. trained to hear the note instead of reading it and it's really Mm -hmm. been interesting because and i've grown a huge respect for people that can do that because i know in my head it's like yeah i can't can't hear the difference like i mean Mm -hmm. you know like i couldn't i wouldn't be able to tell the difference between notes and chords so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's definitely very different i I was actually a music major for a year Uh and it caused me to look at music in a completely different way. I'm typically very flowy with Mm. what I write. And again, I don't think about it too much. I kind of just write what flows out of my soul, I guess Mm. you could say. 
But as a music major, that's when I was kind of forced to dive into the more classical side of things. Mm -hmm. I was required to view music in a very logical and analytical and mathematical way um, and to really look at the structures of things, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) what's interesting is that that entire school year, I didn't write a single song, not a single song. And I have never had that happen to me before. It was actually kind of scary. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that I realized this is not the way that I am meant to make music. And I had to stop being a music major and literally unlearn and untrain myself from everything that I had learned over the course of that previous year. Oh. And once I was able to unlearn everything, that's when I was able to start creatively flowing again and oh. writing music again. Right. So, um, And are you still in school right now? Or are you still attending school or are you graduating? I am. Yeah, I graduate in May. Oh, wow. Um, how are you, how have you been able to kind of balance the schoolwork with your music and all that fun stuff has it become an issue or is it a lot easier now that you're closer to graduating well so I've always been a perfectionist in terms of not just music but schoolwork as well you know I've Mm -hmm. always liked to do that kind of straight A student that turns in every assignment that's done perfectly on time and then wants to get on an A you know on everything but you know lately I've been finding that Physically, we just don't have enough hours in the day to do everything that we want to do. And when I kind of weighed what was more important to me, you know, maintaining these perfectionist grades, right, or Mm -hmm. putting more time and effort into my main focus, which is music, you know, music definitely trumps that (laughs) and so you know I'm not saying that this is the way to go for everyone but I know for me music typically falls above everything else (laughs) my schoolwork you know and I I still get I get enough done you know I I get enough assignments done to the point where you know I'm not in any danger or trouble of not graduate failing or anything like that but Mm -hmm. you know if I have to choose between you know composing a piece for someone especially if I'm going to get paid for it because you know I mean that it's my career you know Mm -hmm. or turning in this you know paper about I don't know you know American history no offense Mm -hmm. I love history but you know I'm probably going to choose to to do the music thing first and then put a little bit less time into the paper so that that's just what works for me yeah yeah no it's i totally understand um and you you said you were a music major and so i take it that you're not anymore correct is that you know i'm i'm very windy meaning that i kind of flip back and forth between things a lot so i went back and forth between being education major being a music major back to an education major but I knew I didn't want to be a music education major because okay. I didn't want to just be up there conducting a yeah. band per se. Mm-hmm. I like to be the one making the music. Um, so right now I'm, I'm graduating with a degree that has just a dual emphasis okay. in music and in education. Um, so it's just something that might help me kind of later on down the road. And it definitely does look nice, you know, when I'm giving lessons and things, people say, Hey, you know, like I do have a degree with an emphasis in education 
mm-hmm. and in music. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you kind of are you are we talked a, briefly about your band Lux. Um, mm-hmm. How did they? Well, well, how did y'all come together? How did the band form? What, what was? What's the uh, the origin story behind the band? <laughs> yeah, so I had been wanting to start a band again for a while, and I'm definitely a night person. So one night it was like I don't know, 11:30 at night, and I just decided to make some flyers <laughs> to start a band. And I, um, I was in the library mm-hmm. about to print them off um, when one of my guitarist friends appeared, um, and I knew that he was definitely. Uh, one of my top choices of who I wanted in that band. And so I asked him if he wanted to join and he said, yes. And then I knew who my other member of choice was. Um, And we walked out of the library and he happened to be there (laughs) walking by. So we asked him if he wanted to be in the band. He said, yes. So before I could even put up the flyers, I got my two top members of choice um, to join within a matter of like an hour or so. Um, And that group is definitely... I would say the most unique group I've been in. Um, and the reason for that being that we rotate instruments with each song. Okay. And sometimes even in the middle of a song, we will like quickly swap instruments and then we also oh, wow. swap lead vocals. So between um, a kind of like skill it does between like a female and a male vocalist, yeah. depending on the song. Um, so yeah. that's just a really fun group to be in because you're not stuck on one instrument or you're not stuck always doing vocals or never doing vocals. And we just finished recording our first album um, with a, a well-known producer and artist named Ken Stringfellow, who was actually in REM for nine or 10 years. Um, he's a founding member of the Posies who okay. Uh, they're kind of a, a grunge group that came out of Seattle along with uh, Nirvana in the oh, 90s. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was also in another well-known group called Big Star. Um, so he was our producer oh, wow. on that album. Um, I actually met him when he was playing with the Posies in Boise. Okay. And I just happened to be at their show. And I went over to their merch table afterwards and we just started talking and um, ended up forming a connection there. Oh, so that was really cool to be able to, to work with someone of, of that caliber, mm-hmm. especially when we're based in such a kind of uh, non-music central location, yep. such as Idaho. It just kind of shows that sometimes it doesn't necessarily matter where you're at, because um, if you're vigilant, <laughs> you know, it can always form some interesting connections there. So mm-hmm. we're currently getting that mastered, and that should be out hopefully within maybe the next couple of months or so. Um, and then I'm also working on a solo album as well. I don't know if you know anything about that. I've seen, I've seen a little bit, but I'm not too familiar with the uh, solo album that you are. Uh, what, what was, what's kind of been the process behind writing for the, what, what's kind of, we'll start back a little bit. What's kind of been your process writing for the album do you did you have a bunch of songs that you just put together or do you typically write for an album like what kind of what's your what was what is and what was your process for that yeah so this album is definitely different from my past two albums my past two albums have had kind of the full full band you know Mm -hmm. the the drums the guitar and the bass and the piano um but for this album i decided to do something different 
um, and I'm calling it the live sessions. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's just going to be just me and a piano. Um, and I am not using any auto tune, oh. not using a metronome. I'm not doing any kind of punch ins. Okay. Um, which you probably know what those are. It's, you know, where if you mess up in the middle of a song, you can just yeah. start there again, meaning that all of the tracks on the album are done in live, like full take, yep. you know, yep. even if I mess up, uh, you know, on a note at the very end of the song, like too bad, like I have to go back and do the whole thing again. Yep. Um, that's how we do. That's how we do all of our, like the live sessions that we do mm-hmm. all a hundred percent live, no auto tune, mm-hmm. no, no nothing. Yep. So yep. I know exactly yep. where, where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the, the <laughs> idea behind this album. Um, it's a challenge for me musically mm-hmm. in a very good way um, yep. to be able to do that. And it's very kind of intimate um, it, I, my hope is that it gives people this sense that they're just kind of sitting right next to me while I'm just playing to just them. Um, the songs were written, you know, I'm a senior now. Mm-hmm. The songs that are going on this album have been from my freshman year up until yeah. now. Um, and I'm actually still writing some of them. So oh. there's not necessarily a particular theme there. Lyrically, it's just kind of you know, what, what lyrics came to me, um, at that time, but it will be, I've never done an album where the songs have been written over such a long span of time. Cause four years, you know, that's, that's a good amount of time there to kind of get a variety of songs going. Now that you, now that we've talked about it a little bit, you and I've, we've actually talked about this album because the last time you were in Arizona, we were going to try and figure out a way to, that me and my team could come out there to, right? Uh, yeah, that was. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like, wait, we've had this conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. No, that's I. And you know what? Like the fact that you're doing the album live, I love live albums so much more than the overproduced mm-hmm. like studio mm-hmm. albums because mm-hmm. I, there, there's been a couple of like live albums that I've heard where something's not supposed to be in there, but it's so makes the, make it, makes it sound so much more authentic, I guess is the best word I yeah. want to use. Um, yeah. so that, that's really like, that's why I'm really drawn to live albums. That's why we push mm-hmm. live albums to the moon. And because it just gives you a real authentic look as to what somebody's show is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to figure out if you want to go see what a band or a musician is going to sound like live, you need to listen to a live album. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's so true. And yeah, this album, I mean, there are even points where you can, you know, you can hear the pedal going up and down. You can hear mm-hmm. the bench, the piano bench creaking. And so yep. it's kind of interesting to to not take those things out, you know, in post-production. Yep. yep. We, uh, I remember one of our uh, first live uh, recordings we did, you could hear the young lady's uh, rosary beads hitting the backside of her mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. Which, That's cool. We we had to do a second take because it was like, okay, yeah, we're cool with <laughs> a lot of things slipping, but like just having that constant click, 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 that, yeah. that's going to get annoying, yeah. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just like all the little imperfections, it's like, okay, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's what makes it perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so you also mentioned that the the band Lux is also releasing an album or in the process of releasing or getting ready to release an album. I'll get the words out right eventually. Um, <laughs> uh, what's What's kind of the creative process with the band like who like is it everybody a writer or is it like one person's really good at writing lyrics the other person is really good at coming up with like chord progressions and all uh all like a tune and a melody um mm-hmm. like what's what's the uh creative process like in the band yeah so this band is really unique for me in the sense that i would say all three of us have an equal third of a role in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always been in groups where I was kind of the leader, particularly in terms of writing. Um, but in this group, each member really has a lot of skill in that area. Oh, yeah. And so typically how we will write it is someone will bring in kind of a skeleton of a song, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. kind of like the bones of it or the, the bur- structure yeah. of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, And they'll show it to the other members. And then from there, the other two will just kind of add their stuff on top of it. And then we'll go through and start tweaking sections, maybe adding sections, taking sections out. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, the the one who's right, well, we all write lyrics as well, which is Mm -hmm. nice. Um, But I would say probably the song that we all agree is kind of like our main powerhouse song, maybe our best song, if you want to think of it that way mm-hmm. um is one called lux eterna um, which means light eternal in latin and lux means light in latin which is why uh, one of the reasons why we chose that name um, but the reason why i think that this song in particular is maybe our strongest is because it's the one song where i think we all kind of had the most equal share in terms of writing mm-hmm. um, i did bring in kind of the structure for that one um, but we really spent a lot of time just as a group writing and adding to that one. And it ended up being this big kind of three movement, 15 minute long piece. Oh, wow. Um, that's typically what we end our concerts with. It's just, it's a very kind of powerful song. Again, it has some Latin lyrics in it. Um, there's like a crazy guitar solo. There's all this crazy piano work in it. Um, you know, I'll kind of turn around and play the piano backwards or play the piano while I'm sitting on the ground. Um, it's just a really fun, fun, crazy piece. Um, not, so I'll have to link you to a, to a video of that that's, one. <laughs> that's a, that definitely sounds like a blast. Definitely something you want to see live. De- yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what, what's um, one thing we really like to do, especially with, the new podcast format that we're doing like with the jam session podcast which is what this interview will be placed into on the uh second second half of the uh podcast um is we really like bringing value to musicians and we really want to make sure that we're cultivating a the young musicians to not mm-hmm. to make sure that they're not necessarily doing things right but they don't make stupid decisions, mm-hmm. like, if, if that makes sense. Um, so mm-hmm. like, making sure that 
they're coming in for the right reasons. Because, you know, a lot of musicians, they start playing music because they think they're going to get rich and make a lot of money. And mm-hmm. we all know that's not, yeah. it's not how it always works. Um, so we really just want to try and make sure that uh, we're honest with musicians, but also give them some words of encouragement. So that's kind of what the next few questions slash minutes are going to be about. Um, what kind of advice do you have for younger musicians? You being a younger musician yourself, but you have a lot of experience, which I think younger musicians can really relate and respect what or have a lot of respect for. So I'm just kind of curious what advice you have for younger musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely like that you brought up <laughs> the idea that sometimes people get into it just because they think they're going to become rich and famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but the majority of the time that is not what happens. And so I think, just like with any passion or art form or career path, um, it's good to just kind of take some time and meditate on why you're actually making music. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, one of the reasons is just kind of to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that music really is kind of its own language. And I think it's interesting that you can have people from across the entire globe who all speak different cultural languages Um, but they can all listen to some kind of instrumental song per se and get the same emotion from that or the same feeling from that. You know, people can come together in a drum circle and everyone in that circle can be from a totally different country Mm. and speak a different language, but somehow they can have a conversation through music. Um, Jazz is particularly good with that because you kind of have these musical conversations back and forth when you're soloing with people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's just a big one is realizing like where your heart is at because Mm -hmm. if your heart is not in the right place to begin with it's not going to matter how many people listen to your music or how much money you have because deep down you're never going to be truly happy um so you you need a deeper reason for doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. um And I think the other big one, which I already touched on earlier, is never, ever, ever put music above the people, ever. You know, the order of things is people, then music, you know, and that goes for family in particular, but also just uh, people in general. You know, never throw someone under the bus for the sake of career gain. Yep. Um, Because in the end, it's the people that are really going to matter. Yep. So those are kind of my my words of wisdom there. <laughs> yeah. And you, the one thing I want to kind of uh, jump off from there is you never know who you're going to work for tomorrow. The person that mm-hmm. was working for you yesterday may be your boss tomorrow. And yep. Yep. I, that's definitely something a lot of people that have been around the block a time or two can tell you, you never know who you're going to work for tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so don't burn yeah. those bridges, keep those bridges intact as much as possible. I know mm-hmm. it's not always yeah, possible, good. but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what was the best piece of advice you've ever received from a mentor? Ooh, I'm going to think about that one for a minute. We can, I. So, yeah, there's, there's one that comes to mind. Okay. Um, so 
I'm someone that has definitely gone through a lot of changes mm-hmm. over the course of my life. Um, different changes just in terms of beliefs and genres and the way that I write music and uh, just kind of a lot of interchanges, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, as I yep. think we all go through. Yep. Um, and so I, I went through a point in time where I stepped away from music um, and I, I literally took down all of my music stuff. Um, I took all my music off of like Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music. Um, you know, I got rid of my Twitter and my Facebook and everything. Um, and I felt the need to kind of completely start fresh mm-hmm. once I did get back into music. Um, and because I was definitely at a different place than I was when I put out my first album and even my second album, in some ways I wasn't sure if I should re-release those again. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I still believe all those things because again, you know, I was in a totally different season when I was writing those albums. Yep. Um, And so I kind of just kept them in a box. I, I would always feel the need to like go back and get rid of, old songs of mine as I would write new songs that would maybe uh, speak something else, if that makes sense. I felt like maybe those old songs weren't, uh, quote, truthful enough anymore, something to that extent, because it's not something that I currently felt. And someone said to me, you know, they said, Alicia, they said, like, what you have to understand, actually, a couple people said this to me, they said, is that each album that you release was a snapshot of where you were at at that particular time. Mm. And in order for people to actually be able to see and hear your full journey through music, like it's necessary to keep those older albums out there. Um, And so that, that was just some really good advice for me. Um, to be able to just re-release those old albums and realize that those albums were part of my story. And I think like to any artist out there that feels the need to kind of keep going back and and editing their past work, like don't, don't do that, (laughs) you know, because again, that is a snapshot of where you were at at that time. Like that's part of your story. So keep it. (laughs) Nice. And that's very, that's something that you, you hear a lot about, musicians that are catching flack for something they said in an old song but Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily believe or think that way anymore exactly and so so i we don't usually like going like super political on this podcast but uh it like i i think the pc culture that we're currently in has a lot to do with that I, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's music. Music's not always supposed to be perfect, and I think that's mm-hmm. why I've been drawn to music the way I have to really help. You know, just yeah. the imperfections within it. Um, mm-hmm. So, what's the? You're you're currently in Idaho. What what's the? Um, you'd mentioned that it's not a huge music. There's not a, it's not a huge like music scene out there, but what's the, 
what is the scene like in Idaho or Boise in or where you're at in general? Yeah, so in Boise, it's definitely growing even in the past three and a half years since I've been here. I've seen it expand. Um, there's a, a huge, huge, huge music, five-day music festival up mm-hmm. here every March called Tree Fort Music Fest. Um, mm-hmm. My band actually got to play that last year, and that was really cool. It's uh, usually about four or 500 bands from around the world mm-hmm. um, that come and play at that, and there's, mm-hmm. just, there's thousands of people yeah. at that festival, like all of you know, downtown Boise gets closed yep. off for that. And it's, it's really incredible. So I think that that, that is definitely something that Boise has going for it. Yep. Um, I actually, I, think, I was actually introduced to the tree fort music festival through a band from Albuquerque called prism bitch. I think is, I've, I've heard of them. I've actually yeah, heard of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're headlining this year. I think they're oh, headlining nice. yeah. this year's festival. Um, mm-hmm. And they played it last year, and when they posted it on their Facebook, I was like, "Oh, what is this cool thing?" And yeah, so sorry, mm-hmm. to it's really the, cool. Yeah, but, yeah, and so I think that uh, Boise is kind of gaining gaining some ground there, especially because Portland was originally mm-hmm. viewed as kind of like the big northwest area for music mm-hmm. festivals, but mm-hmm. but Tree Fort is really a big contender in that. Um, and I think my favorite thing about the Boise music scene in particular is because it's not a huge city, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just really good community that yeah. goes on. It's, it's kind of one of those places where if you're in the music scene in Boise, you most likely know just about every band yep. that exists in the city. And I think that that's really great because whenever you get thrown on a bill for a club or whatever, you yeah. usually know the other bands that are playing with you people are super supportive here yeah which i really like um there's just kind of that uh, almost small town collectivist vibe to the music scene and it's not it's not maybe as competitive as mm-hmm. some of the bigger places like nashville would be it's more like hey you know we just want to like support each other and have fun there's definitely a vibe here of just like people just make music literally just for the fun and enjoyment of it and i think that that's that's a really nice thing yeah and actually that's something that i noticed uh, about nine months ago i was actually looking to move to boise because the uh where i work at now the uh the, ma- the major company that owns us they have a branch in boise and they had an opportunity mm. for me to transfer there and mm-hmm. so as I was kind of going through the interview process and talking to everybody there, I was like, well, doing this live and amplified thing. So let me see what the music scene is like, because that's something that I have to look into now. And mm-hmm. like within, I, so I joined the Boise music scene, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just posted a, like a general, like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm looking to move to Boise. I'm going, this is kind of where I'm at and just kind of want to get a feel for the music scene. And within 24 hours, I had about 40 some odd people hit me up and say, Hey, wow. If you end up making it to town, hit me up. I work here or hit me up. I have this studio, you know, it was just really, really cool nothing that i'd ever seen before where it was like hey so like 
I guess I have like a venue that like if I ever make it to Boise to do live and amplified stuff, I have like a venue I could go use. Like, I mean, that was nine yeah. months ago. So I'm sure it, it would be like, Hey, it would be a really weird conversation to have, but I'm sure I've kept in contact with a lot of these people. And like that, that was really cool about the Boise scene. Just this guy posting a random <laughs> random post on a Facebook group. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like if, when you come to town, let us know. And we'd be more than happy yeah. to, and we'll get you in contact with all the bands and all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure that's how you and I got introduced initially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, that, yeah, that's great. People help each other out here more than anywhere else that I've lived, particularly or been, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, From what I've seen. Yeah, understood. So, what's the we we've been talking about? a lot of the stuff that you've done so far and all the cool, cool stuff your career has brought you, but what's next? Where do you see yourself going? Where do you want to take your music? You know, what's the overall overarching goal? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my number one career goal is honestly just to be able to make music full time for mm -hmm. a living. Um, you know, to not have to have that, you know, extra nine to five day job that takes yep. three quarters of my time away from what I could be spending on what I feel is kind of my true calling in terms of the field mm -hmm. that I work in. Um, I'm a very free spirit in yep. the sense that I don't like to just kind of be tied down to one place for too long. So after I graduate in May, I'm honestly really free to kind of be wherever I want to be mm -hmm. <laughs> whenever I want to be there. You know, yep. I've always kind of had this desire to, you know, live out of a VW bus or something like that, you know, yeah. and just be able to, to, to travel around um, and make music without having to pay, pay for hotels every night and things like yep. that. Um, so once I graduate, I think I'm probably going to go back down to Arizona, which is kind yep. of, you know, my, my first home base there yep. and then kind of figure out what I'm doing from there. Um, I would love to just start touring more in general. I really lately have come to appreciate smaller shows like house shows mm -hmm. um, a lot more in a way than kind of the big shows where you're up on a stage because again, like there's a type of connection that you can have with people that you don't get when you're, you know, up in this big, spotlight you know five feet above everyone else um and so I think it'd be really fun to kind of just do a big tour that involves friends and house shows and just kind of go around the country and play shows at people's houses um, mm -hmm. or businesses of, of people who I've connected with over the years um so that's kind of like a, a shorter term goal of mine but I'm just really excited that I can really again go wherever I want to go, be where I want to, yeah. where I want to be. You know, starting yeah. in May. So, yeah. is there um, any city, state, venue that you're really like that would be like the bucket list place to <laughs> go play? Um, I think for my band in particular, um, the Knitting Factory. Okay. And Boise is one that 
we'd really love to play. It's it's one of the bigger venues that the touring bands um, come and play at, um, but mm-hmm. local bands do get the opportunity to play at that now and again. Um, there's another one in Boise here called Death Proof Coffee. Okay. Um, this place is really interesting. It's essentially like a giant warehouse, mm-hmm. um, and it's a coffee shop slash music venue. It's kind of like this secret hidden gem that not a lot of people know about. Oh, wow. And it, it has just probably, other than the knitting factory, it has probably the best stage in the Treasure Valley. It's just this amazing stage with all these like lights and effects, and that one would be really fun to play mm. as well. Um, in terms of a solo artist, I'm not really sure if I have a particular venue in mind again just because as a solo artist I tend to veer towards those more intimate shows like house yeah. shows that's just what I what I enjoy I like to be able to just sit at a real piano um and maybe not even use a mic if I don't have to mm-hmm. to kind of give that intimate personal connection to things gotcha what was it uh you'd kind of talked about this it uh, earlier on in the uh in the podcast uh what was it about the piano that drew you to it? Mm. Yeah, well, like I said, when I was like a little baby, I had a teeny tiny little toy piano. Mm-hmm. And that's just what someone had happened to buy me mm-hmm. as a little gift. And so I think that because that's the first instrument I had ever played. Okay. That's maybe just what I already naturally veered towards. But again, I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that my mom bought a piano, an actual mm. piano. And again, yeah. it's just, that's, that's what happened to be there. Yeah. I had already had experience playing on a little tiny rainbow toy piano. Yep. And so the fact that it was just there, uh, it really drew me in. But it was to the point where I was little, where I literally could not, could not walk past the piano mm-hmm. like I could not physically walk past it without stopping and playing it for at least a couple of minutes and I remember when I, when I first started taking lessons uh when I was five we went to Disneyland and my mm-hmm. mom said literally throughout the whole Disneyland trip I was just practicing playing piano while I was holding her hand she could feel oh, wow. my fingers moving and that's how kind of invested I was in it I think to this day, one of my favorite things about it is the fact that, A, you can sing while playing it because, of mm. course, wind instruments or even things like violin sometimes, it's, it's not as easy to sing while you're playing it. Wind instruments, yeah. you just can't. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think my all-time favorite thing about the piano is just the amount of emotion that you can get out of it, no, uh, particularly a real piano, which is why uh, we're only using real pianos for that new live album of mine mm-hmm. um, just because you have such like intense heavy lows mm-hmm. but then you also have these beautiful light highs on the piano there's such a, a wide range you can do so much in terms of dynamics and it's I think out of all of the solo instruments it's the instrument that sounds most full by itself yeah um, so I, it's just the emotion for me it's a very emotional instrument and not to get it misunderstood, you're you play multiple instruments, correct? You, mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how yeah. did you? At what point did you start exploring 
your instrument playing abilities and start experimenting with different instruments? Yeah, so start with piano. Um, in fourth grade, you know, everyone has to learn the recorder in mm -hmm. elementary school. Yep. That was fun. Um, in fifth grade, we actually got to learn the guitar. So that's oh, what wow. opened that up for me. Um, I took some guitar lessons. And then also in fifth grade, I had the option to join orchestra. So I decided to play violin. Oh, and wow. I also had the option to join band. And I decided to play saxophone. Nice. Um, violin wasn't really my thing just because I prefer instruments to have that lower end to them. Violin's mm. a little high for me. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't stick with violin, but saxophone in particular, I've now been playing for, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm 24. I've been playing it since I was in fifth grade. I'm oh, wow. 25. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's been a really long time. Yeah. Um, so I play uh, three different saxophones. Um, I still play that in concert band to this day. So that's, that's definitely my second instrument in terms of, my primary instrument. And then bass just kind of came about um, over the years of, of being in bands. I just mm. decided to, to pick up the bass. And, and my first group that I've, you know, kind of played bass in full time is Lux. Okay. Um, but it pushed me to really improve very quickly yeah. <laughs> on the instrument. Um, so that, that probably comes in third place now in terms of, of my order of, of primary instruments. So nice. those are kind of those are kind of my main ones. I mean, I've I've dabbled in other ones just for fun, like clarinet or whatever. But just to yeah. kind of change it up, just to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah, just, and, just for fun, just for yeah. fun. <laughs> um, what, where, or um, what's the? Well, let me let me just kind of ask this question. I kind of have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> but it, it, it's a <laughs> it, it's a question we like to ask musicians. It, it's kind of become our uh, hallmark qu hallmark question, so to speak. But mm. we, why music? <laughs> I think I just can't stay away from music. <laughs> I could never stay away from music, and it just it has always seemed to be kind of like a part of who I am mm -hmm. <laughs> again even even when I I stepped away from music for years um of course what did I do I ended up coming back to music and it's crazy because for again as kind of a windy person as I am meaning I sometimes I don't stick with things for very long I kind of go here and there and everywhere music has really been one of the only things that I have continually through the course of my entire life you know yeah gone back to over and over and over again so <laughs> gotcha no, that's perfect that's a, that's perfect um so you, you've been playing you've been recording music for a good part of your life at this point one thing i'm always very curious about is how has your music changed from when you first started mm -hmm. record from your first album up until now yeah, that's a really good question. It has changed a lot. Um, and I think that's been one of my favorite things about re-releasing these old albums. I've been re-releasing my music in chronological order, mm -hmm. and it's just fun to hear the progression there. Um, for me, I'd say the main change that has occurred has been just in terms of my lyrics. Yeah. Um, again, when I put out that first album, 
I didn't really know what I was writing. Um, I just kind of placed myself in a situation and wrote from that perspective. Um, my second album for me was kind of an album that came out uh, really at the kind of peak of what I would call maybe my like faith journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from kind of a, like a non, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe non-religious album, you know, was my first one. Second yeah. one was definitely a faith-based album. Now the third one um, is back opening up to like a wider perspective Okay. again. Um, so it was kind of like I had a wide perspective and had more of maybe like a uh, less wide <laughs> perspective yeah. per se in terms of lyrics. And now I'm back to a wider perspective again. So it's really for me and lyrics and just kind of being able to um, hear how I've progressed and changed in terms of my beliefs, how I view myself, how I view the world around me. Um, mm-hmm. how I view spirituality, how I view other people, how I view love and relationships. Um, so it's really, it's really the lyrics for me in terms of musicality. Um, I'm still pretty similar in terms of my, my piano playing and the style that I play and I yeah. sing in. Um, I will say though, I think that over the past while I've gained a little bit more of a jazz influence just in the way I play piano and in the way that I sing Um, my freshman year I was the lead singer of a jazz combo and that's what kind of really opened that up for me Um, and I'm also taking jazz piano lessons right now as well so that's just kind of a new genre that has been added to my um my sounds there um how is the uh band really challenged your solo career as like changing how is it how has the band influenced you musically for your solo career yeah that's Mm. that's the way I wanted to work um yeah I think what it's done for my solo career is given me more appreciation Mm -hmm. for again the type of creative freedom sometimes that, that comes with just being able to go into a practice room by myself, sit down at a piano, and then two hours later, come out with a finished song. Um, It gives me appreciation for how quickly sometimes solo artists can progress Mm. because you're not trying to get everyone on the same page with every decision that's made. You can just kind of keep going, going, going um, when you have opportunities that arise etc um and then also i will say that it has helped me realize that even again even as a solo artist i never want to feel like i'm alone in what i do after being in in a band of people who i'm so close with Mm um i i kind of fully understand what it means to be a part of a team and to have that support system around me because as a solo artist, you know, a lot of times I think some people are kind of facing those lows by themselves. Yep. And even when they're hitting a high, it's not as enjoyable because they're doing it alone, right? There's no one to share in mm. that joy with them. Yep. Um, 
And so it's kind of inspired me to get my backing band back together. Back in Arizona, I used to play the majority of my shows with a backing band so that it would sound like how it did on my CDs. And so literally just within the last, like probably three weeks, I actually just put together a new backing band for up here in Idaho. Um, And so we have a show um, in Boise uh, in just about a week and a half or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just fun because again, I just, I always enjoy playing with other people more than by myself for the most part. So. Um, And so how are you, you've got some, or you just said that you had a show coming up in Boise. How often dealing with school and all that stuff, do you get the opportunity to kind of venture outside of Boise for the week, like doing, is it mainly like just, would it be just like short weekend runs somewhere or how often do you get to kind of tour out, do like a little run somewhere? Yeah, not super often, really the only out of state stuff. Well, with, with like my school groups, um, Mm I'm constantly, constantly traveling with those. We go, um, I've, I've gone a lot of places with the school groups, but in terms of my own groups, um, the only out of state stuff we've really done is just Lux went on a spring break tour okay. last year. And again, that's just because we had that break in school that allowed mm. us to do that. Um, and that was really fun just to nice. have that tour experience with nice. my band. But again, that's, that's why I'm really looking forward to being done with school in May because I, I have that freedom again to kind yeah. of just go where the wind takes me. Yeah. Where did you guys go on the uh, spring break tour? Um, so we started in Boise with okay. Tree Fort. Yep. Um, we went to the Tri Cities. We went to Portland. That was actually the first time I had ever been to Portland. Uh, we went to Yakima. Um, we actually played at a really cool record store there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it was just a pretty short, short okay. tour, um, yeah. especially because it was our first one as a group. We were kind of testing the waters with that. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just a super fun experience and yeah. it was nice to be able to just meet a lot of really cool people along the way. And some of those people, you know, we're, we're still in contact with today and might end up playing some future shows with. Awesome. That's always good. And yeah. that circles right back to making sure you stay in the good graces and don't burn those mm-hmm. bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. So it, it, it's, it's really cool that you got to go up to Washington because that's always one place that like whenever we come up when we came up that way last summer we went up to uh, Columbia Falls Montana and worked Mm -hmm. with some musicians up there and uh, we really wanted to go up to Washington but then I tend to forget how spread out the Pacific Northwest is Mm -hmm. and it was like Oh, we'll be in Montana. It's not that far. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so. Um, but as we kind of uh, wrap this up, because I, I'm i sure you're tired. It's a, been a <laughs> long day and all that stuff. Um, what's kind of your show schedule like moving forward uh, for the for you as a solo act, for the band? Uh, what's your show, show schedule looking like? 
Yeah. So right now, um, because I'm focused on putting out an album as a solo artist and mm-hmm. then of course an album with my band, um, we've just kind of been in studio mode. Okay. Um, and have kind of taken a step back away from as many live shows for the moment. Um, but again, I do have a show coming up on Saturday, March 7th at the Boise Hive. If you just type in Boise Hive on Google, you will find it. It's actually um, a very, very cool venue that I'm really passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nonprofit, and the purpose of the Boise Hive is particularly to provide um, a sober space for musicians to rehearse and to perform because um, that is difficult to find sometimes. Um, and uh, particularly for people who are, um, you know, who are coming back from um, alcoholism, things like that, yeah. um, that just allows them a safe place to be able to continue playing music versus at bars or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they also provide lots of like uh, mental health and counseling service yeah. services for musicians as well, which is a big one because again, I think, you know, sometimes people feel alone. They're not actually alone. They just feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a resource like that for musicians in particular um, is just a really, really great thing for our that's, community. That's really awesome. I did. Mm-hmm. I think when I was uh, originally exploring the opportunity of coming up there, I uh, I learned about I had heard about the hive, but I didn't know that they had all that going on. And that's really admirable. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds Great. a really awesome place because just like being that place that looks out for musicians, like that are recovering from something that are going through mm-hmm. something, you know, it, that is really awesome. And I'm mm-hmm. there, there needs to be more places like that around. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It really is. Um, and then where can uh, people find you on social media to stay up to date on the release of the band's album, your solo album, any upcoming shows and all that fun stuff? Yeah. So um, my personal music can be found at aliciaperu.com. Mm-hmm. That's spelled A-L-I-S-H-A and then P-E-R-U, like the country, Peru, dot com. Um, and on there, you'll also find links to all of my social media, too. I have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Um, my stuff is also on Spotify um, and all the different various streaming sites on there. So if you just search Alicia Prue, you will find those. Um, Lux, we are most active on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the hashtags for that is going to be um, We Are Lux Official. So that's W-E-A-R-E-L-U-X. And then official. This is all one, one word. Um, and then you can kind of keep up on, like you said, uh, the new album that should be coming out soon here. Perfect. Um, I, w- I just want to thank you again so much for giving me this opportunity. I've had a blast sitting here talking with you. And I'm glad we finally got an opportunity to get you involved with Live and Amplified some way. I know we'll get together and we'll get you on a jam session or a live session. and it's going to be awesome. Um, and I, I just really want to thank you because I absolutely love sitting here talking to musicians and find like just picking their brains, Pick, yeah. learn, learning more about stuff that I have 
no knowledge and how to do playing music mainly and <laughs> just learning how you got or learning how musicians tick and how they think and how they create it's just very fascinating to me and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity or for you really opening up and just kind of talking about your creative process thank you yeah thank you so much and thank you for having me and thank you just for all the work that you do I see all the stuff that you do on live and amplified and I'm always kind of blown away and inspired just by um, how much you help help out you know the musicians that are out there just trying to trying to make it work so yep. thank you so much for that and i hope that you have an awesome rest of your night yep you as well and really appreciate it thank you for all the kind words and thank you everybody for listening we will see you guys next time <laughs> bye. bye all right guys and that was alicia peru i hope you guys really enjoyed that interview i really enjoyed talking with her um definitely had some great conversation going on there and I want to thank her so much for jumping in at the last minute to kind of cover us in a hard situation but you know that that's kind of what we do we we help them they help us and we've got a real family dynamic thing going on here so I really appreciate the hell out of out of Alicia and everyone that's been really supportive of supportive of what we're doing yeah like she had mentioned during the interview if you want to go support her uh, Alicia Peru, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, you know, all the major social media, or AliciaPeru.com. That's AliciaPeru.com if you want to support her. She's got all her shows, her press kit store if you want to go buy some albums and really support her. I know she'd really appreciate it. We'd appreciate you helping out people that we support. So please go to our website, AliciaPeru.com, and show her some love from Live and Amplified. That leads us to next week's Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. Um, we we put out a post late last week trying to get some more interest to see who we should uh, uh, really get some feedback on, who we need to be speaking with, and who we should have on this podcast and let me just say, we heard you guys loud and clear. We know who you want us to have on this podcast. Um, we are going to oblige this week. Next week, our artist feedback of the week is Haley Verall. I hope I didn't but completely butcher that name. But Haley Verall is going to be our feedback artist of the week. If you happen to be in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, she has a show Saturday, February 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Caps Off Brewing Company in Ontario, Canada. So if you are in the area, go check her out, send us some feedback, and let us know what you think of her. What'd you think of her set? What'd you think of her music? What'd you think of her singing? You know, just all of it. Let us know. And we will report back to you next week. Now that we've gotten through that segment, uh, there's only really one thing left for us to do. As we start wrapping the podcast up for this week, I want to thank you guys so, so much. I absolutely love you. So much support. So much love. Really appreciate it. And I'm so glad we're doing this. We're going to keep this wagon train moving. You know, we got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, so I really appreciate the hell out of you guys. That being said, we've got one more segment for you. It's a quick one. It is our featured cover song of the week. 
Um, this artist, we've worked with her before. Uh, we've worked with her and her sister. They have a band by the name of Entangled Dreams. They are based out of Wilmington, North Carolina. And she just recently started exploring her musical capabilities as a solo acoustic act. And she started doing some of the YouTube stuff where she'll upload uh, songs to YouTube. And we decided to go ahead and feature one of her songs this week. This week's song is by Michaela Sanchez. She goes by Michaela Haley on YouTube. So if you happen to be into that sort of thing or looking for something new to listen to, check out Michaela Haley Music on YouTube. And she uploads about once every other week or so. It does a really good job. I enjoy the hell out of it. So, you know, check it out. Um, but this week we are featuring her Cindy Lauper cover of Time After Time. I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you here in a bit. Lying in my bed, I hear the clock tick, and I think of you. Caught up in circles, confusion is nothing new. Flashback, warm nights, almost left behind. Suitcases of memories. Time after sometimes you picture me I'm walking too far ahead You're calling to me And I can't hear what you say You say go slow And I fall behind The second hand unwind if you're lost, you can look and you will find me Time after time If you fall, I'll catch you, I'll be waiting Time after time If you're lost, you can look and you will find me Time after time If you fall, I'll catch you, Time. 
And how about that? That thank you, Michaela, for letting us uh, use your cover there and feature it on the podcast. I really love what you're doing, and I love what you and your sister are doing are as Entangled Dreams, and can't wait to get you guys on the podcast. I know we've had a couple of conversations the last couple of weeks, and can't wait to get you guys back on, back in the mix, you know, do all the cool stuff. Um, so that being said, we are drawing near to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate every one of you. I hope you guys take a moment, go check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Live N Amplified. Uh, make sure you check us out. Give us everything a like. We've got the podcast. We're doing the jam sessions weekly. We're doing the live cast podcast daily now. We're releasing an interview every day. And then, of course... We've got our traditional live performance music videos. So I really hope you guys check us out. Keep supporting us. Really appreciate the hell out of you guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much. That being said, thank you guys. I love you so much. We will see you next week. I'm your host, Tom Quiet. I'm here every week. Every Thursday, 8 a.m., this podcast drops. I will see you guys next week. And make sure you tune in daily for the live and amplified live cast interviews. Weekly Thursdays, 8 a.m. for the Jam Session podcast. And then four times a week for the live and amplified live session music videos. I'm your host, Tom Quiet. See you all later.